the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. The Panama Canal is arguably the most difficult engineering project humanity has ever undertaken, so large you can see it from space. More than a million vessels have used it as a shortcut between the Atlantic and the Pacific since it was opened in 1914, and canal dues raised $2 billion a year, making it the economic mainstay of an entire economy. Ilya Morata was appointed Deputy Administrator of the Panama Canal earlier this year, having served as the Chief Engineer on the multi-billion dollar canal expansion project that completed in 2016. She's been breaking barriers since she began her career at the Panama Canal in 1985 as the sole female engineer at the shipyard, and is today a vocal advocate of engineering as a career route that can make a real difference in the world. In this week's edition of the podcast, Ilya talks to Lloyd's List David Osler about the impact of the coronavirus on this key waterway, her career in engineering so far, why more work is needed to regulate water levels, and why she has decided to make a pink hard hat her professional trademark. So thanks for speaking to us, Ilya. Um, I'll start by asking you the latest news from the Panama Canal. I mean, here in London, we're getting stories about blank sailings, vessels routing around the Cape of Good Hope in response to coronavirus and trade tensions between the US and China. Um, What can you report from Panama itself? Well, we we do have some uh, blank sailings, but um, they're not necessarily rerouting. I think uh, shipping is down because of the downtrend on um, consume consumption because of the coronavirus. So it's more mm-hmm. of an economic impact, uh, not every routing. So we, we have had uh, 57 blank sailings from what we had budgeted this year uh, in the Panamax and in the new Panamax uh, uh, locks. The impact has been on vehicle carriers a, a decrease on 12.5% from what we had budgeted. Passenger vessels, a decrease of 9.5%, and container vessels, a decrease of 2.7%. That's right. from is October it, till June. Right. Is this something you can handle in your stride? Is it going to make a hole in your finances for the year? Well, when we when we talk about tolls, we have had a 6% decrease in tolls uh, from October to June from what we had budgeted. Uh, we implemented in February a fresh water fee, and that is kind to balancing the act. So we should end our fiscal year, if everything goes well, uh, within the budget, because we also had a very, very good uh, beginning of the year. From October until February, we had a very good year. Expectations were higher than what we had budgeted. And then even though we had a, a decrease, mainly in April, May, and June, where the, the stronger months where we had a decrease on transits, the freshwater fee that we implemented in February has kind of covered that downfall. So we should be hopefully within the budget by the end of the fiscal year, which is September 30th. Okay. Of course, you were only promoted to deputy administrator at the start of this year. So how are you finding it? Um, I think it's a great job, um, and funny enough, I'm still doing two jobs. I am Chief Operating Officer and Deputy Administrator. I was appointed as Chief Operating Officer a little over a year ago, year and a half. Uh, so January this year, I took on the Deputy Administrator, and uh, it was a, a year of a lot of challenges. We had a, a very dry uh, year last year, so we started with the lake at a very low level, 
And on top of that, we had coronavirus. So it has been a challenging but very interesting year. I have no complaints. Right. And of course, before your current position, you were the engineer in charge of the major expansion of the canal from 2007 onwards, which ended with the opening of the third set of locks in 2016. Now, that must have been a big challenge. Oh, it was fantastic. It's, uh, I was involved in the project since 2002 when we started analyzing the what we were going to build. We did the master plan. So from 2002 to 2006, I was involved with the planning. Then 2007, we started execution. And, and I would have to say those nine years were probably the most uh, significant years of my career as far as uh, growth in learning all kinds of things. It was a fantastic project. I think I learned from many areas I had no idea that I would be expertise on (laughs) due to the challenges of the job. So it was fantastic. And now it's really fun to not only have seen the construction of the third set of locks, but uh, operating it and running it. It's it's a great career. What what, what was the uh, hard stuff? What were the curveballs? During the expansion, I would say the the most critical uh, thing was people. The, the technical part is kind of easier to deal with than people. We had over 80 nationalities. We had a lot of contractors from di- many different countries, th- different cultures. Uh, and we had two major uh, events in the whole project that I would say were the two critical points. One of them was when we had a major uh, labor stoppage or work stoppage from the contractors pressing the ACP to uh, pay some additional money that they considered they were entitled, but we, we told them, you know, you have to go through the contract, we have to go through arbitration uh, or the dispute education board originally. And the second time is when we were doing some tests uh, for commissioning part of the locks, and we had some water leakages in one of the seals of the chambers that delayed the project about four months. So I would say those were the two more stressful moments in the project. One was in 2000, February 2014, and the other one was, uh, I think it was 2015 when we were doing the, the commissioning. But uh, but overall, it was a very fantastic experience, a very well done project. Uh, and we've been operating it for three years now. OK, and what, what difference would you say it's made to the day to day workings of the canal? Well, we have increased cargo uh, throughput, definitely. We 27% of our transits go through the new locks, and that represents about 50% of our income. Uh, because we we charge per tonnage, so much bigger vessels, and it's actually good for us. The less amount of ships and the bigger they are, it's better because then we have a little less water consumption. Um, we are operating the new locks in a slight different way than the original locks. There's two main components. We have water saving basins that allow us to recycle some of the water, and we are using seven percent less water to put, to put three times more cargo if we think container vessel than in the original locks. We also are not using locomotives, which was the traditional mechanism to position vessels in the chambers. We're using tugboats. I would say those are the two most significant changes in the operation. And in the actual construction, we have um, a fitting and emptying system that goes through the walls of the locks instead of the floor of the locks. That allows us to do maintenance without shutting down the lane because we only have one lane. So we don't we don't want to shut it down. We, we need to do maintenance while we're running it. And also the other significant difference from the infrastructure was the rolling gates that we have in the new locks versus the miter gates in the original locks, again, to allow us to do maintenance within the recess of the chambers, of the, of the gates. 
so we don't need to shut down the lane for operation, I mean, for maintenance. And I gather there's going to be more work coming up because the canal has decided to invest a further $2 billion to regulate water levels. I mean, what, why do you need to do this and uh, how are you going to go about it? Well, in the last five years, we have seen a significant drop in rainfall uh, compared to the 70 years of data that we have. So we see that there's a trend of less rain waterfall, and that's what keeps the canal going. Canal is basically a elevated, it brings vessels from sea level up to the mountains range, go through an artificial lake. So we operate with fresh uh, rainwater, and we did see a drop. And actually last year was a very dry year, and we ended the dry season with a very low lake level, and that's what prompted us to do uh, a lot of innovative uh, water, saving base, uh, water saving measures which we implemented not only with the water saving basins on the old locks, but also in the new locks, we do what we call cross-fill. And we actually limited the number of vessels per day to consume water to be able to give an adequate draft to the ships. And we were actually able to maintain a 45-foot draft throughout the dry season, and now we're back to 48-foot draft. The lake reached an elevation of 85s yesterday, and hopefully within a month we could be given a draft of 49 feet. So this prompted us, and we've been analyzing for the last three years, uh, water projects to increase quantity of water, um, storage capacity for that water, because in previous years, when we have excess water, because we don't have enough storage capacity, we actually have to spill water to the ocean. So we need to increase storage capacity and quantity of water to come into our watershed. And that's the project we're analyzing, and we're going to go out to bid within one or two months for these uh, $2 billion project or projects, could be a portfolio of se several different projects, to guarantee the, the water quantity and uh, not only for shipping, but also for uh, water consumption for the city of Panama. Okay, and uh, how are you going to go about that technically? Is, is, is it a tall order, I guess? Yes, it will be uh, It will be a bid that it will encompass a, the definition of the portfolio that we should undertake. There's some studies we have done in-house that we definitely will provide that information for analysis. But if there's something we haven't looked at, uh, that will be interesting. And then execution of those projects. Okay. Will, will it disrupt operations? Is this going to hit ship no. owners like that? No, not at all? No, no. It should not disrupt operations. Just like when we be at the third set of locks, it should be parallel and with the operation on fully ongoing. No impact to shipping at all. And will ship owners end up paying for it? I mean, most obviously through higher canal dues. Not necessarily. Um, we will probably self-finance part of it and maybe get a loan for part of it, like just like we did with the expansion program. Um, there might be some fees that we might have to implement, but I don't think it will be anything significant if we decide to do so. With women in engineering, they're still something of an exception, aren't they? Uh, do you think your example maybe will inspire younger women to go down this career path? I, I think it will, actually. And I think the the main reason why is because of the expansion program. I purchased a pink hard hat <laughs> to, to kind of make a statement to some people that were doubting maybe that a woman could, could hit that job. So... The pink hard hat became quite popular. 
uh, because quite, it was very trademark, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So that that kind of call attention on a woman leading a, a, a very big infrastructure job, and it has inspired a lot of women to go into STEM careers. And and like I tell people, engineering is such a broad field. And when you think of it, you know the houses we live in, the the cars we drive, the the spacecrafts that go out in space, everything is designed by engineers. So we touch every aspect of life from food engineering, from environmental engineering. So engineering is a, it's a huge field and it helps the world move forward and, and solve problems. So I think it's engineer has always been portrayed like dull and boring and difficult. And it's not in the country. It's ingenuity. It's create creativity. So, yes, you do have to start uh, studying a little bit hard, but but it's really worthwhile. So I, I think I'm inspiring people to go into engineering and I hope it's not only girls, but also more men. Um, because we do see a drop in people seeking those type of careers. So I'm very happy about that. Okay, fantastic. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Okay, thank you. Have a great day and have a great weekend.